What if you were given a recipe with a complete list of ingredients and told that it was foolproof? As long as you didn't deviate from the instructions, you would have the perfect result. That's what the author of Firing God, Cheryl Abram, thought. Growing up as a devout Christian, she was determined to follow the recipe for salvation to a T, and she did. But rather than the promise she was told she would receive, she found herself in a life of tumult and confusion, missing the mark on many levels. However, in this process was the trigger for an unexpected journey that has changed her perspective in ways like none other. Let's hear what she had to say. Well, Cheryl Abram, what can I say? Your book, <laughs> boldly and honestly titled Firing God, is a story yep. for the ages. This is this is your story. This is an unexpected journey. Um, and as much as you don't call this a book of self-help or a how-to book, I actually think it is all of that and much more. But I would say in unsuspecting ways, you know, this is a book of wisdom or rather a journey to wisdom that you found yourself mm -hmm. on after first, I'm going to say, giving, giving up the ghost of belief and indoctrination and bringing new meaning to your life and life itself. So bravo on this magnificent story and welcome to Higher Journeys. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I really do. Well, we, and I appreciate you and your story, which, of course, we're going to get into. And in, mm -hmm. in that, let's let's begin at the beginning. I'm going to just kind of paint a picture for our audience here. Y you grew up as a Christian within a devout mm -hmm. Christian family in the South, right? And yes, yes, yes. as many who are familiar with Christian teaching, you quickly learned that in order to attain eternal life, you must first obtain what I'm going to call the three S's, which is salvation, suffering, and sacrifice. And you are no different. But interestingly, you as a well-adjusted, as you describe, well-adjusted and happy child growing up, in this context, you felt you were missing these three S's in your life. And so what did you do? What did you do to obtain them? Well, I did what everybody around me was doing. I um, I went to church uh, faithfully. I uh, read the Bible. I obeyed. I prayed. I, um, you know, if I did something wrong, I asked for forgiveness. I, you know, I followed the recipe. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, whatever whatever the recipe said, I, I did that exactly the way I was supposed to do it. And um, I waited for the benefits. You know, mm -hmm. if you follow a recipe that tells you to bake a chocolate cake, then you're supposed to get a chocolate cake, you know, after you mm. you do what, what you're supposed to do. So, you know, I, I did those things, and uh, as I got older, uh, there was no cake. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone else had cakes who, who weren't following re the recipe like I was, and, uh, you know, and I just began to wonder, uh, what's going on there? I, I don't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And... um well, you I mean, know, the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the journey just went on, and um, mm -hmm. and and I kept trying to, you know, I I I, I thought that I, I had those things. I thought that I was saved, and I thought that I was, you know, on on the side of the goodies, and you know, and there was there was a side with the baddies that I wasn't on, but mm -hmm. I, I just wasn't reaping the benefits like I was supposed to, and and I, but I kept trying. <laughs> you right. Know, I just, I, I it, because it wasn't it wasn't it was my fault. You know, it, it was something that I was doing wrong. It had to be. It, it couldn't be God's fault. It, it couldn't. The Bible couldn't be wrong. My pastor couldn't be wrong. My parents. I mean, 
it had to be me. I, I was doing mm. something wrong. And, and I, I had to find out what that was because literally my life was at stake. Yeah. Wow. Well, you mentioned something quite interesting, Cheryl. You said that you, you felt you needed to put marks in your life so you could find something or things to miss. In other words, again, emphasizing the fact that you were this, you know, you, you paint such a beautiful picture of your growing up on your, was it your grandparents' farm? Um, yes, my, my mom's parents. Mm-hmm. Right. Just a, And I, I could just, the way you write it, I could just picture the environment and the, you were allowed to be a child and you were, you were a good, you were a good kid with a great family and it was all there. Mm-hmm. But somehow the message of, I've got to find something to miss in order to obtain those three yes. S's. Um, so, you know, my question is, you know, I, I started sleuthing this or, or analyzing, if, if you will, a little bit saying, you know, th- this, this saying that we have is you create your own reality or be careful what you wish mm-hmm. for so it because it seemed mm-hmm. like what you were doing is really trying to find something to mark or to to miss in order yeah. to like you were going backwards <laughs> in <Yeah>. a way Am <laughs> I- <laughs> exactly exactly so that that chapter and um and i as i was writing that i i, I surprised myself you know, mm-hmm. when, when I when I realized that, you know, it's called making what's missing. Mm-hmm. And to to like before I can lack anything, I have to first make it. I have to make what I lack first, you know, and that's that's the process that I had to to go through, you know, because growing up on where I grew up on my fa- my grandfather's farm, like there was nothing, you know, I had to learn what poverty was and what, you know, what um, not having enough meant and, you know, all of that. I, I had to learn those things. And I, I really did have to, 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 to make, make those concepts up so that I can then uh, not have those things. You know, I, I, I had to literally, literally make what was missing, you know, Isn't in order something? to feel and really order to feel that, that lack. Because that lack was preached so much as almost being noble, right? Or virtuous. Absolutely. Isn't that something? I hope everyone, yeah. I had, you and I were chatting briefly offline and, and before we got in the air, and I, I thought to myself, I have a feeling there'll be so many people. You know, we all have different entry points to this journey that we call spirituality. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. even as you're telling this, you know, the, because it, particularly if you come from a very um, devout or, you know, fundamental religious upbringing, even, you know, the variety, whether it's Baptist or Catholicism or whatever it is, sin is what's preached mm-hmm. first and foremost, that we are de facto sinners. And exactly. and you're looking at this thing, but no, I'm not. Oh, gosh, it looks like I'm going to have to create some sin in order to be saved. And so what that really says to me is it, bring, it brings up two very important observations for me. Cheryl. First, mm-hmm. the, the influence of belief on the human mind and, and how mm-hmm. if the teaching is driven hard enough, it is nearly inescapable for the believer to mm-hmm. mold his or her life based on that belief. Mm-hmm. And, and again, second, the idea, as was illustrated by what you did to literally create your own reality through accepted belief. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and to find, so, so the, the, the belief was, was there and, and for it to stick, you know, to, to, um, I, I really had to find value in it, you know. Um, so, so the belief that I was, you know, there was a this empty hole inside of me that I couldn't see. I really didn't experience, you know. Like there was, there was nothing there, you know. There was no reason for me to be saved. I mean, saved from what? Right. You know. But, but, but I, but to believe that there was 
something of value in the belief that I was nothing, unworthy. You know, there's something at the end of the line in believing that. Okay, I, okay, I'll, I'll accept that, you know, because there's something more that comes with that belief, right? So really investing all that I had in that really made it stick, you know, because mm-hmm. when I die, something's going to be there for me. Wow. You know, and that was the hook. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you, you know, as we as we go through our life, I too grew up uh, as a Christian, I wouldn't say my, my, my parents were devout. I mean, I think they had a reverence for Christianity. And my mother was probably more active than my, my dad. But um, I know for me, even at a young age, even before I could put it in any proper context, I something didn't seem right to me. Even mm-hmm. as a child, I, I remember you talking in the book about kind of, you know, the, the heart, going to church every Sunday and, and at a minimum and probably more uh, than once a week, depending on the occasion, um, mm-hmm. and sitting on those hard seats and fidgeting mm-hmm. and, you know, we all did that. But in yeah. the court, <laughs> boy, do I have memories. And on the hot right. days, your back is sticking to the yeah. to the wooden <laughs> and your mom is pinching you saying, sit up. Right. <laughs> We all know that. We all know that. And I also related to to the, you know, those special occasions like Easter yeah. and Christmas where you get yeah. your dress and your hat and uh-huh. your shoes. And at uh-huh. least you can look forward to that. But <laughs> And those are fond memories, actually. Right. But, you know, in the course of that, I know for me, there were moments where I said, wait a minute now, Some, something right here. Something mm-hmm. is not adding up. Did you have that, even if it were just for a brief moment, before you even went on this quest? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, there there were fleeting moments, you know, Mm -hmm. because um, the carrot, you know, I, you know, there comes a point where you you want to believe that something there, you know, there's something better there, you know, because, you know, as 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 I as I was growing up and, you know, going to school and, you know, I, I began to see that, well, you know, maybe I don't have as much as these other folks have. And, you know, maybe um I should have, you know, more than I have. And, you know, maybe Hmm. I'm not as good as I, you know, can be. And maybe it is my fault that, you know, it's because I'm, you know, not whatever. You know what I mean? So, Hmm. you know, these questions come up and, you know, maybe it's because I am deficient in some way that I'm not as, you know. So the questions come and then the, um, you know, and the explanation is there. You know, they're telling me, well, it's because you were born, you know a sinner and you know that's that's what the issue is so you know who you know who am I to question that when it's coming from this authority figure and you know what I'm saying so I'm shaking my head I'm really shaking my head because again we hear this over and over again and this is going to lead me to ask the question there's almost a sense of anger that's rising in me because mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like, and again, I want to stress for all of the faithful out there, God bless them. God bless us all. Mm-hmm. But as far as the institution, the system mm-hmm. of religion, and I would dare yeah. say that there is a difference between true, the religion of true pure spirituality and that sovereign path and the system, the organization yeah. of religion. Mm-hmm. Might you... And I don't want this to be a leading question. I'd like you to answer honestly. Could it be interpreted that the system can be interpreted as a trap to make people fail or at a minimum feel as if they are beneath something and have to attain something no matter what? Could it be that set up that way, you think? It 
could absolutely be set up that way. It it, it could absolutely be be set up that way, and and it's something that I try to stress in my book is that it's a system of belief, period, mm-hmm. that includes religion, right? So it's the whole system of belief. So it's belief in um, uh, whether it's religion or politics or the way the community should be run or some cultural thing or traditional whatever. Like it's It's the whole system of belief because it's about... It's about uh, looking for permission from authority to live. Right. You know, why do I need to ask um, any authority at all, be it, you know, some, any kind of system, you know, to, um, to just, to, to be, to exist? Like, why, why is that necessary? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and and the thing is like and and that's one thing that that I that I try to stress as well is that belief I mean it's fine okay if you want to believe whatever you believe whatever the the religion is whether it's Christianity or whatever it's fine but what I say is it's not necessary permission you don't need that permission it's not necessary mm-hmm. right um, now, I was very angry when I first came to that realization because I felt like I had wasted my time. You know, okay. like I'd wasted, you know, all these years of my life. I was in my late 30s, and it's like, you know what? Like, how, how could I let the, you know, people be blinded like that? You know, how did I even fall for that? You know, mm. why didn't I see this before? You know, how could they lie to me like that? I mean, I was livid. Yeah. Like, I was very upset. I understand. You know, I, I really, really was. Yeah. And um, and I, every chance I got, I bashed. I mean, <laughs> I, I made, it was terrible. I mean, I really did because I was very upset, you know. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I, I got all of that out and I needed to do that. And then I just came to the realization that, you know, um, we we know what we know until we know something else. Something else. That's know? right. And um, and uh, until we're just exhausted, until the point to where we're ready mm. to see something else. You know, I wasn't ready to see something else until I was ready to see something else. Well, I know? again, I'm going to give you a lot of credit. Uh, Cheryl, because there are many people that go through their lives and, you know, we now call it very frequently cognitive dissonance, where they have a feeling of something and still will not relent on the belief. Yeah. And I want to get in, I want to talk about belief because I, you should have seen me when I was reading your book the other day. I was like, yes, yes, she gets it. She gets it. <laughs> and talking about belief as mm-hmm. an accepted, uh, as a worldview building mechanism versus mm-hmm. experience and knowing um, mm-hmm. So I want to cover that. But again, I, I, I have to go back to commend you because you did get to that point where so many others will go through their lives and, and leave this life and never having had the courage to do it. So it took what it took. Um, so my kudos to you big time. But again, mm-hmm. getting back to the belief thing, let's talk about that for, for a bit, because you did you bring that up several times throughout the book. And mm-hmm. my audience know this is something that I get on my soapbox about versus belief and knowing and forgive me audience, because I'm going to say it again, I said it just the other day, 
Seeing is believing, but experiencing is knowing. Seek to Mm -hmm. experience and you will never have to believe again. In other words, belief is something that is adopted and accepted Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis an outside, Mm -hmm. a third party. And you either decide to take it or not. I say I don't believe in anything. You either know something Mm -hmm. or you don't. You experience it or you don't, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that's what you conveyed so beautifully in your book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I forgot who I that too but um when i first said belief is not necessary they um like when i first said it or when when i first had that thought i didn't even know what that meant like what does that even mean like how do you like, what, mm-hmm. what does that even mean like that's not how, how, like how can you not you know like you know it's, it's it just didn't make any sense to me right um yeah but 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 when i thought more about it it's like like you're right i mean this like what's what we're doing right now, like what's happening right now is just, is is fine. I mean, it's just like, that's all you need. Like, that's all the meaning that's needed. Like, why do you need, why is anything else necessary? Like, why do you need to believe it if it's already here? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's like it's redundant or something, you know, it's like, it's, it's just. I know. Yeah. Not I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> right, right. Well, see, this is you know? something that you're seeing so clearly where, and, yeah. you're, and you're not the only one. Again, I, I have a feeling that there are a lot of individuals that will say, I understand, I get it. And I know mm-hmm. what we're going to get our fair share of criticisms for, yeah. for, <laughs> for, crit, for critiquing religion. Um, but mm-hmm. so be it. I think this conversation is important to have. You know, I, these phrase, what I call phraseology, uh, Cheryl, these, these, these terms um, that people may start to make a part of their entire sort of, not just worldview, but their, their, their life, their behavior, mm-hmm. particularly within the context of religious phraseology. Here's one that I just heard today. I hadn't heard it for a while. I am a God-fearing individual. As if that carries some merit or badge of honor. I've always had a mm. problem with fearing something that's supposedly made of love, embodies mm. love. Did you ever mm-hmm. question that one sentiment? Was that a clue for you? Being a God-fearing person? What do you mean fearing? Gosh, I've, I've never questioned that one in particular, but um, but I have questioned some of them, yes. Like, um, like uh, Jesus is in my heart and, you know, things like that. Like, I would wonder... Like, what does that even mean? Like, where? Like, in the muscle? Like, what do you mean by that? You know, like, hmm. is this like a little man? Being there? Really? I mean, like, what is that? Like, you know, like, cause, because I, I do believe that we say a lot of things and really don't know what we're saying. It's hmm. just, you know, we're just repeating stuff and That's really right. have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know what God, like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? But I think when you just hear it at first blush, you you say that almost seems like a an oxymoron. Maybe God is love, and if love is the opposite of fear, how could you put God and fearing together? I mean, that's how I would look at it. Something mm-hmm. doesn't sound right here. So I, you know, and and again, once you look at some of the phrases that have been adopted, and people just start, as you said, to repeat because I think a lot of people just love to not even I don't think they're consciously aware of it. They just do repeat without realizing the power of the words that are coming off of their mouth and the beliefs that are being instilled as they're saying it. So, um, well, I know that when I so now it was I have to tell you it was it was 
difficult for me to, first of all, name my book, Firing God, and then to put my face on the cover. (laughs) Okay, that was hard. You know, I I really um, debated doing that, coming from where I've come from, you know, but... um, but of, I mean, I, I had to do it, but, you know, the backlash from that was me hearing about, you know, how I better be careful because, you know, God didn't like that. And, you know, something may happen to me. I, I heard about, you know, the various curses that uh, were going to come on me and my children, you know, be, because of uh, of what I'd done, you know, from this loving God, you know. So, you know, it, it, it was a whole bunch of stuff, hmm. you know, and I, and I knew it was coming, <laughs> you know. I It wasn't anything I hadn't heard before, but, you know, because I, I didn't fear God enough. Yeah. You know, I was too bold. I was too, um, I wasn't God-fearing enough, I guess, you know. Interesting. I, 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 I happen to no. love the cover, and, and as people are, listening to this uh, and and looking at the visual on YouTube, you will in fact see this beautiful cover with a title that's so bold, it didn't even need a subtitle. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, tell tell the audience briefly, uh, if you don't mind, Cheryl, how you fired God. This was something that happened and and you don't have to get into the expletives because there were a couple Mm -hmm. involved. But <laughs> believe me, folks, and, and, and I just want everyone to get this book uh, and, and you'll see for yourself the way she just she takes you on the journey. Give us a taste of that journey. What yeah. happened that day? Now, I, I have to say that that was not my intent. My intent until the second it happened hmm. was to get closer. That's what I was trying to do. Like, I, I, I wanted to be better. I wanted to be a better Christian. And what happened was um, I, I had come home uh, that day, uh, and uh, every, my, my life was really just falling apart. It really was. I was in the middle of a divorce, and I, bills were coming, my foreclosure notices. I mean, everything was just terrible, right? And, of course, it was my fault. You know, I, I wasn't close enough to God and, and stuff, and so... Uh, a minister had given me a book to read, and um, so I, I, I picked it up. It was a book for Bible study. So I went into my room just totally hopeless and depressed, you know. So I'm like, let me read this book. You know, I, I, got, I have to read the story of someone who's been through what I'm going through right now and has made it, you know, because I, I just need that kind of encouragement right now mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I just can't see an end to this for me. You know, so um, I just need to read someone else's story. So I went into my bedroom, and I picked up the book, and I started reading. And um, I don't remember what the book was or or who wrote it, but I do remember reading something that just frightened me. You know, it was about getting evil books out of your house and, you know, things like that. Nothing new to me. I had read stuff like that before, you know, getting evil stuff out of the house, you know, so God can move and things. But for some reason, reading it, at that moment, when I was already lower than I had ever been in my life, it just scared the heck out of me, you know. And mm-hmm. that fear just made me so upset. I mean, it just made me so angry because I felt like here I am again, you know. 
just in need of some comfort. Like, that's all I want. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for another house. I'm not asking for car. I, I just want comfort. That's it. You know, and here I am again with God, the ruler of the universe, telling me, Cheryl, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you you got to do this before I can, you know, hold your hand, before I can give you a hug, before I can, you know. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I, I'm sick of this. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm tired of it. I'm I'm tired of trying to be better. I'm tired of trying to please you. I'm just sick of it, you know. So I said, forget about it, you know. I said, I'm forgetting everything I've ever learned. I'm forgetting about being a Christian. I'm just tired of it. And I, I threw the book on the floor. Like, my Bible was near me. I threw that on the floor. I just said, I'm done with you. And I said, while I'm at it, let me just tell you a couple of the things. Mm. I don't love you. I never loved you. You know, I'm never listening to you again. I mean, I went down the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I was just completely honest because at that point, the only thing, the only thing I had left was my honesty. That was it. That was it. I was was sick of pretending. And I, I just had to tell the truth. That's all I had left in my arsenal. And I told the complete and utter truth about everything. And that truth was, I didn't love him. I was just doing what I was doing because I didn't want to go to hell. That was it. And when I did that, I have to tell you, I swear to God, (laughs) I swear, (laughs) the feeling, it was like, I didn't know that I was in shackles until they were gone. I did not know, I, and, and they were gone, like I felt it, I'm, I felt it, I'm telling you. When I did that, they, I felt so free, and it was amazing. I did not expect that at all, at all. And I mean, a whole bunch of things happened after that, but that was the beginning of it, you know? And, you know, and when I actually said, you're fired, you know, you're fired, I'm done with you. Wow. We're going to get into the afterward because that's where the where the journey. I, th- this was the trigger, I think, for the journey. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to talk about that release from fear. But I have to say again, Cheryl, how much it angers me, regardless of where it ultimately comes from. I do not feel that this fear it comes from what I call dearest, dearest, greatest spirit. I don't even use the word God. I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. God doesn't need a name. God is not uh, a person. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do have a sense of an ultimate, an omnipotent, but it's not that that does not rule from fear, rule right. from fear. You had an epiphany. You had mm-hmm. to have it. You had to go there. Your life maybe for that purpose alone, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, Wow. Let's talk about release from fear. This isn't the name of a, a chapter in your book. Um, mm-hmm. This is, of, of course, after you fired God. You yeah. had a profound realization, many actually. But here's a here's mm-hmm. a quote that you said that I absolutely loved. And, and it's as exactly as you said it. You say, quote, discovery did not involve learning something new. Discovery involved unlearning what I thought I knew. No, mm-hmm. new. <laughs> discovery involved unlearning what I thought I knew. Now, this is Mm -hmm. where the wisdom starts to kick in, folks. And this is why I say this is a (laughs) self-help. This is Mm -hmm. is definitely a trigger for your own journey. Mm -hmm. Unlearning what you thought you knew, that's discovery. 
Tell, mm-hmm. tell us where your journey took you from there. Um, and I want to hear about the experience that you suddenly found yourself in while you were at work, where you thought you might have been dying. Yeah, yeah, that was, um, <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Uh, that was that was something. So, so after that, that incident, right, I... I knew that something was going on here, uh, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know what it was. You know, um, I didn't know what it was. So I, I started looking, you know, and uh, I, I tried to ask people that I knew, but a- almost everyone I knew was, you know, Christian, mm-hmm. you know. So they were sending me back to Scripture, and, and I was no, that's not it. <laughs> you know, that's that's not... It's not what's going on here. So I started, you know, my own searches. And, you know, I I, I was finding stuff here and there, but it, it really just wasn't, I don't know, I, it wasn't what was going on, you know, and I just, I knew it was something, but that wasn't it. So one day I was at work and um, just doing what I normally do, you know, checking my emails. And um, I, for no reason at all that, that I could see, I, I, uh, my heart just started beating really fast and, uh, my palms started sweating. And, um, so I'm looking around, you know, like what in the world is going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was early in the morning. So I was there. A few people were around, but no one was really close, uh, to me. So, you know, this is happening. I'm looking around, my heater's on, I'm looking at the screen of my computer I'm looking at my body like, what, what is going on here? So I, I'm having the realization that I'm, I'm thinking, like, am I having a heart attack or something? You know, and I'm just, this wash of fear just comes over me because I know no one has to tell me this. I don't need a doctor. I don't need a, anything. I know for a fact that I'm dying. Hmm. Like, I know this. And there's nothing I can do about it. Like, death is coming. And... It would be like me trying to hold back a hurricane. That's just not going to happen, right? Death is coming, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm afraid, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen to my kids? You Mm -hmm. know, I can't tell them bye. Who's going to take care of them? You know, I'm thinking of these things because there's nothing I can do. I I don't have time to get out of my chair and call 911. I mean, nothing, right? So I just say, okay, (laughs) I mean, what, what else am I going to do, you know, mm-hmm. but say, all right, you know, I'm, I'm dying. So as soon as I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm dying, the, the fear, you know, just dissipated. And like there are, there really are no words to explain the, this other feeling that came across. And, but the only word that I can, you know, give it is, um, it felt like I was made of eternity, you know, um, like literally made of it. Like the instead of flesh, I would call this eternity, yeah. you know. Um, and other things like I also call it, I believe, nothing to do is this what I, like mm-hmm. if nothing to do was a material like this. That's what it would be. It's like the the chillest of chill, you know, just like. Right. No reason at all, you know, would would be what flesh really is, like no reason, right? And um, and it wasn't just my, it was like everything around me and everything that I couldn't see, like everything, even my, 
I was going through a divorce at the time, right? My ex-husband, like, he was made of nothing to do. As much as I couldn't stand him at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was he was made of everything. And it was, and, and I, I saw at that moment that everything that I thought I knew about everything, about who I was, what my job was, my boss was, my phone next to me was, about what the sky was, the flowers, elephants, everything. It just wasn't true. None of it was true, right? I have never felt so wonderful about being wrong. (laughs) I was wrong about everything, and it was the most amazing thing ever, you know? And I was so excited I mean, it was, and there were other things going on too, but I mean, and it was just so much. And I felt that it it had to, everything was just a wash, you know, and, and if if I had, and I just knew if I had stayed like wherever I was, because I wasn't in time anymore, you know, time was Mm -hmm. not there. Time, I don't know what, where it was, but I wasn't, Hmm. time was just gone or something. I don't know. But, um. But if I had stayed wherever that was, I I just would have not been here anymore, you know. So it didn't last that long. But when I came back into time, you know, and to the sense of, of time, um, I was I just wanted to tell everybody, you yeah. know. And I I felt like oh my God, everybody's gonna want to hear <laughs> that you right. guys are doing too much. Like, seriously, too much. Like, if, if your hair is growing right now, if you're blinking, you're doing too much. You know, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you know, oh. it's too much. It's not necessary. You don't, you don't have to do that at all, you know. And um, I, that was just, and from there, like, that's when, man, I really started. I was like, what, what was that? Like, I can't be the only one mm-hmm. who's ever experienced something like that. I have never heard of that. Mm. Never heard of something like that ever. Because I wasn't, I wasn't looking for that. I had no idea what that was. Yep. You know? Yep. It was like after the fact, when I started researching and stuff, I found words like, um, like nirvana. And so I'd never heard of stuff like enlightenment. I'd mm-hmm. never heard that before, ever, you know? And um, that's when I started, you know, hearing things like that. Yeah. And gurus and, you know, all that. Kundalini awakening and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing the beautifully lucid in the way you you, uh, explained that. And as tempting as it is to put labels, which I actually don't like to do, because I think that's where we start, where the trouble starts, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in that, you know, Many people, some people, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna assume many, but I know, particularly in my audience, will say, "Mm-hmm, heard of it or had it myself. I have, mm-hmm. I've had it myself. We'll talk maybe uh-huh. offline about it." And I actually did speak for the first time publicly. Why mm-hmm. some people and not others, Cheryl? Why does it often come out of the blue, if if not always? Mm-hmm. I think it's a gift. What do you think? Do you think it's a gift of what happened to you? Do you think you have an insight now that perhaps many others don't have? Hmm. An insight that others 
I mean, what you were talking about of being outside of time, obviously that, and I can tell you as a researcher, many in the what we call the quantum mechanics aspect of science are looking at the idea that, that time is a construct, that it is only a three-dimensional construct and that invariably in these uh, sort of awakenings, if you will. Again, I don't like the labels, but something that's you're in an altered state and you're getting a glimpse of eternity, <laughs> literally, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the aspect of no time is the most common that's described, by the way, to me, and I've had it, <laughs> missing time right. or in understanding that time is indeed just a, an infinitesimal part of the 3D experience. Yeah. I consider that a gift. And I don't want to put you on the spot. Maybe that's something you need to think about. I think you were afforded a look at a much broader version of real reality than many other people, even through tri tribula uh, you know, tribulation. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure. Like, I'm still, because I want, like, in the book I talk about how it was, it was very strange to see that a computer was here, you know? It was funny. Like, it, it wasn't bad that it was here. Like, I was just, it was just strange. I was like, what, what in the world is a computer doing here? Like, that, was, that wow. was so funny to me to see that there was a computer here, you know? Like, how did that even happen, Isn't you know? And uh, it was just so weird, you know? And I wanted to laugh and laugh and laugh that there was a computer here, <laughs> You were know, you, and uh, uh, it was just crazy. <laughs> did you feel like you were out of your body? You've heard about a body experiences, which are quite no, common. I yeah, I didn't like everything was here. Like there was no bright lights, and the, I mean everything no. was the same. Okay. Everything was the same, but it was just you know it was hmm. Hmm. yeah, everything was the same, but it was not. You know, it just it just was it wasn't not. yeah. How many days or weeks, how, how long after the big firing of God, if you will, did, did this happen? The, the, because you had already fired God. You've given, uh -huh. given him the boot. Uh -huh. And then you had this other otherworldly experience, if you will. What was the time span in between? That you yeah, it had to have been like a, like a month and a half to two months. Really? After. So there was some time. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was, there was some time. Uh, after that, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you haven't had an experience like this since, or have you? Not like that, but there were like little, uh, um, I don't know, I don't even know what you call them, <laughs> but <laughs> but little little things where, um, um, like like my thoughts would stop, and which was extremely scary. Like, seriously, I, I was terrified. And, um, like, little things like that. And uh, When you say your thoughts would stop, what do you mean? You would just sort of be in a no-man's land? or No, no. So you know how when you, you're thinking, there's, like, movement there. You right. Know, when, when you're thinking, yeah, there's movement. So I was driving down the highway, coming from the metro station, and my there was no mic. I couldn't think that, okay, I want to turn right, you know, what am I going to cook for dinner today, you know, or I wonder what my daughter is doing right now. I couldn't do it. Like, mm -hmm. if they wouldn't move. They wouldn't move at all. I was still turning right, and like, and I saw that the light was turning, and I had to turn left, but I couldn't think about it. You were just they automatically doing it. 
Oh, my God, that was so scary. At first, it was interesting. I was like, huh. But then they wouldn't move, and I I started panicking. <laughs> and, then, and then they started moving again, and I was okay. So it was like little things like that, right, and just strange stuff like that. But but nothing big like, like that other like that other. Uh, thing but yeah so you said you did start to do a little bit of research if you will to try to put Mm -hmm. it in some context was there anything that you found um in your in your search you know in the form of books or maybe a workshop or i don't know something anyone that you could talk to that brought some context as much as you could uh put it in context so there was no one i could talk to um uh, no one that i what i was looking for Okay, to be perfectly honest, I was looking for a black woman. <laughs> That's mm. what I was looking for. <laughs> because I That's... needed somebody who looked like, who I felt like I could identify with. You uh-huh. know, who would know what it was like to to experience this thing, but who came from my background. You know, who knew that this was some weird crap that just happened, you know, and I, I, I wasn't trying to have any of it because first of all, my life was still falling apart and I didn't have time to be investigating universe stuff. You know, I had <laughs> bills and my divorce was still going through and, you know, I was crying every night and my kids weren't with me and, you know, I, I didn't have time for that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, it was interesting and it was nice and all this stuff, but I was getting kicked out of my house. You know, I just didn't have the time to do all that, you know, hmm. but, you know, and that's what I was looking for. Someone who would be there with me and understand, you know, um, I didn't have the time to do it, but it wouldn't le- leave me alone. Like I, I, I couldn't, like I had no, I, I had to, like it, 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 I couldn't separate it from all that other stuff that right. was going on. Like it was all that other stuff that was going on, you right. know? There was no line of demarcation where I can say, okay, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes and then I'm going to take care. That was that wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Like it was all the same thing, you know. Did it ever so, occur to you that this was what we call God speaking to you, that you may have had a direct line to God in this experience, through this experience? Not the God that no. we're, not the God that you were that we're we're talking about in religious terms, but We'll call it universe. I like to call God universe, by the way. I really don't think the words matter, the labels. But did it ever occur to you that this was coming directly from that source of whatever that source is? Uh, I didn't. I didn't get that impression. What I got was, I, hmm. I wouldn't say. See, for me, God has a certain authoritative type thing, and I get—I didn't get an authority type. I didn't get a—I didn't get a um, like an unequal type thing, you know, like something bigger than me type. It wasn't that. Mm. It was okay. like it was—it was a total peer to peer, like some like, um, it was a peer to peer type, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing unequal there. It was just, um, I don't even know what to call it, but. I know it's hard you know. when you have these experiences. Yeah. There, there really are no human <laughs> words that can describe it. I'm just right. curious. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I think everyone, again, you know, Cheryl B., I was just saying this when I was on someone else's show the other day, that 
the human experience where you, God bless us all. We, we tend to ha- put all experience that we have, uh, have a tendency to put it in a bucket of familiarity. And when something mm-hmm. that's so unfamiliar happens to us, we're kind of lost. There are no words. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there needs to be actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can it can throw you for a loop when you're used to having nice, neat little distinctions and lines of demarcation right, right, of experience. Right. So I, I happen. That's why I think what happened yeah. to you, I feel as I'm and, and even through all of the hell, if you will, on Earth that you were going through. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that, too, my dear. We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes the most the, the biggest miracles come through, as I say, the magic can come through the madness. And sometimes yeah. it has to get mad in order for the magic to, to get through. <sighs> wow. Well, yeah. Oh, powerful. you know what? Yeah. I rem- uh, what I, I think I, I think I mentioned this in the book. What it was was I just remembered. I remembered something I'd forgotten. And that was just me remembering. You know, hmm. so it was me remember. So I remembered that I was, you know, the queen of Australia or whatever. You know, I, I was a queen. I just remembered that. You know, really? But so a past you, life yeah, or something? Like, yes. So no, no, no. I, I like that's the experience was like that. Like it wasn't, you know, a, a God thing to me or a universe thing. It was just me remembering. Uh, oh, that's who I am. You know, that's you know, that's that's what it is. Yeah. That's who I am. I, I forgot for a second. That's what it was. You know, that's it. So okay. let me see if I understand. That is fascinating. Isn't this fascinating, mm-hmm. people? This is this is this is really intriguing to me because I, again, I, based on my own experience, which was sort of a, it, it lasted a bit longer, and the circumstances, the point of entry was a little bit different, but it was a powerful and sustained experience where. I was in an altered state and, and revelations were given to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I've heard of other people that have had semblances of these sorts of experiences. But um, before I lose my train of thought, um, the remembering, uh, it's almost as if, Cheryl, you know, th- th- this is just my uh, sort of feeling about this, but there's a part mm-hmm. of me that really feels that we are all knowing at some level. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I know you make the distinction of God being that that is all knowing and perfect and the authority. And yet that's their teaching and maybe not mm-hmm. the truth. Maybe God is about what, what's within all of us mm-hmm. and including ourselves being all knowing, remembering mm-hmm. you had a flash of remembrance that all of these yeah. features that seem so weird to you at the outset. But then you had this, oh, now I remember. This is the mm-hmm. way it really works. In mm-hmm. other words, reality is we know it is an illusion. Right. This is how, this is the real juice, man. This is how this really works. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say I think you were given a gift. I'm going to stand by that. <laughs> I do. <Okay. laughs> I do. It's, yeah. a, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's both. It's both. Well, let's do this because we could go. We could stand this just one aspect for for forever. Uh, mm-hmm. But I love because, and I have to let folks know this is a this is a relatively short read. It's under a hundred pages, but it, mm-hmm. it's so smooth and it reads so well. And uh, you know, you, you get you pack so much in because you write it so beautifully that you, it doesn't take a lot of words. Interestingly, mm-hmm. you're able. I almost feel like you were 
in that state while you were writing this book. Maybe I'll have you comment on that. But the mm-hmm. uh, you get, devote a good portion of the book to talk about as a mother, as mm-hmm. a sibling, as a wife, as a daughter, and yes, as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. I thought that was beautiful. It, it was almost as if you were giving sort of a postscript to these roles yeah. um, after the fact and mm-hmm. and how dear they were and are to you. Maybe you could talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit. Yes, and that, that's actually where um, my uh, the, the next book um, is going to uh, pick up. So it's, uh, it's going to be called uh, Life Without a Witness. Mm. And um, it's going to be uh, about those sorts of things, like how, because I, I, I get the question a lot, like, what's life like now, you know, that you've had, you know, that this thing has happened, you know, and, and uh, that, that you see uh, the world in, in this, this way. So, um, so that's what that's going to be about. And, and it is, um, there is a difference. You know, there, there, there is, there, there is a difference, and it's not a difference that I don't know that there. It, it, it's, it's, it's more organic, I guess you can say. You know, I just things just happen the way they happen instead of me manufacturing things. You know, the way, the way that I used to do because I thought I had to manufacture things. You know, in, in a certain way to, you know, to make it better you know, mm-hmm. for various reasons. So um, when you when you start from a place that's already okay, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, life can just happen the way it happens, you know, right. and, uh, and that makes a big difference. But, but those sections are, are about, um, are about that, are about me being able to trust myself. You know, and that's hard. Self-trust is very hard, you know, and which is why we need authorities. You know, you know, it's easier for me to put it in someone else's hands to to have them say, do something this way and that way rather than trusting myself with it. And actually, I'm still trusting myself. I'm just doing it, you know, from a different angle because, you know, I have to trust that person to tell me to do something. You know, mm-hmm. but that that just puts more distance between me and my responsibility, right? It um, pulls the wool over my own eyes to make me think to make me think I don't have responsibility for it. Interesting, for the, yeah, for the consequences. But you know, but um, but I, I I still do, you know, I I still do. Excellent observation. Mm-hmm. You have an insight that I I I, I hear rarely. Um, you're true, a true contemplator, I would say. That's the mm-hmm. subtitle of my book, uh, Contemplations to Transform Your Life and Realize mm-hmm. Potential. You are a contemplator. Mm-hmm. You describe yourself as even more of a Christian now than you've ever been. How is that so? Because the way that I originally learned about Christianity before it became something to help me, you know, get more stuff, you know, to get a mansion and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. It it was about, it was just about being one 
with the creator. You know, it was just it was just about love. It mm-hmm. was about um loving, you know, my neighbor and um you know, seeing myself in my neighbor and you know, it was it was about, you know, just love, just that thing, you know. And um and I see that, you know, I mm-hmm. I see that when I am when I am one with the person um standing next to me mm-hmm. I don't need um I really don't need anything else. You know, I um I'm okay. I I'm 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 okay. Wow. In the silence I can hear there again is contemplation to, to describe or or trying to describe something that's almost if not totally indescribable and yet so pure. Those of us that have these experiences, one of the first things we typically say is, I can't even put this into words. Yeah. It's that powerful. Right. So you've done a great job. You've done a great job in in articulating it in this discussion as well as this book. You wrote this book, I have a feeling as much for yourself and your journey, but also for others. I feel... Cheryl Abram, you have offered up a major gift of wisdom to the world, to anyone, I'm getting choked up, who was ready and willing to see it. Thank you. You've held up a mirror to many. I encourage everyone to pick up Firing God. Go get it and read it. Tell people where they can find it. Please. (laughs) Thank you so much. Can people get it on Amazon? I want people to go get it as soon as we finish this conversation. <laughs> yes, people can go to um, my website, CherylAbrams.com, C-H-E-R-Y-L-A-B-R-A-M.com. Okay. They also can go to um, Amazon.com uh, or to um, my publisher's website, which is NewHarbinger.com. Excellent. So there's no excuse, folks. We can uh, find it all over the place. So I'm going to say it once again. Go get it. And you go get them, girlfriend. I appreciate you so much. Don't hang up. We want to say a proper proper goodbye. But I'm going to say so long to the folks at Higher Journey. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us. When you turn inward, the truth is primed to be revealed. Cheryl looked everywhere and to everyone she could think of outside of herself. But it was a profound internal breakthrough that came unannounced that set her on a course of understanding the deeper nature of reality. Call it nirvana, enlightenment, call it whatever you like. The names are not important, but the experience is one to be treasured and shared with others who seek to understand the complexities of reality and of self. I feel that Cheryl has offered up a priceless gift to the world, whether she realizes it or not. And for that, I know I am truly grateful. And as always, I'm also grateful to you for tuning in to Higher Journeys. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.